Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Thank you, everyone, for showing up. And yes, it's a beautiful day here in Jersey and Pennsylvania. And make sure that somehow today you shine your light and have a beautiful day. And speaking of having a beautiful day, I have a very important guest on who is going to tell us like it is. And we're going to find out just what that means by David Glover with a BA in social science and a master's in counseling ed. He has been positively influencing both clients and students for over two decades in both the education and counseling fields. In the tradition of the straight talk counselors, David Glover uses a different approach, more of an open and direct approach, rather than telling his clients and his students what they want to hear. David has dedicated himself to serving others in both education and human service fields, and he displays this bold approach to counseling and to telling it like it is in his book, Cocktail Conversations by the Controversial Counselor, written to bring light scenarios and feedback and begin eye-opening discussions to encourage growth and also learning. Welcome, David Glover. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me here, Dr. White. Uh, my pleasure. So, why do they call you the controversial counselor, or did you name yourself the controversial counselor? Well, actually, it kind of happened um, that I had started posting scenarios um, on social media, mainly Facebook, and they were, you know, they were real lot like real stories. And what happened was one day my brother, you know, just happened to be reading them. And he had said, he came over and he said, um, you know, where do you get these stories from? And, <laughs> you know, I just told him that they were true stories. Like over the years, um, maybe something happened at work, my personal life, friends, family, just all types of, you know, conversations that I remembered. But I would, of course, change the names and change it a little bit to kind of protect the innocent. But most of the content was actually, you know, actually happened. So, yeah, you know, he said, why don't you write a book? And I'm like, I'm not a writer. Then he was like, um, actually, you are. You've always been creative and had a creative mind. So I knew that just being David Glover, um, that wouldn't wouldn't appeal to the masses. So we kind of came up together like, okay, what about the controversial counselor? And it had a nice little ring to it. And I've been going with that for, you know, almost five years. But I guess one of the things that I would say that made me controversial because 
always had the ability to kind of pick and prod um, with people and and kind of not being afraid to say things that make them feel uncomfortable. And from that point forward, I just would, you know, put out different scenarios or situations that kind of had people thinking outside the box and kind of challenged them. So in that case, that's why, uh, you know, where the controversial counselor arrived. So can you share one of those stories, a brief story that just gives our listeners an idea of what that's about, those stories? And we'll talk more about your book in a little bit, but I think that I I want people to to just hear some of that controversy. <laughs> All right, let me see. Um, and I want to give them a actual, you know, actual story um, instead of giving bits and pieces. So I just opened my book, and it was scenario two in my revised copy. And it was blood is thicker than water. And a lot of my scenarios are relationship-based, but this one went a little like this. Graduation time was meant to be good times. But in this case, someone had to deal with pain and betrayal. Brianna was graduating from high school, but due to the shortage of tickets, um, she got four tickets given out by her high school. She had a major decision to make. One ticket went to her mother, Helen. The two other tickets went to her grandparents. That means she hey, had David, only one ticket. I don't yes, want you ahead. to read it. But I want our listeners to buy the book. Just give us a little brief summary of that, rather than because they, we're going to have them buy the book at the end. Okay. Um, so with that scenario, and it happens, you know, in real life that you only have a certain limited amount of graduation tickets. And, you know, sometimes you have to make a choice. And it's kind of a big deal for, if you think about a 17- or 18-year-old who's given five tickets, and it's like the biggest day of their life. But in this particular situation, she had a stepdad who kind of stepped in and pretty much been a part of her life, um, raised her, helped raise her since she was maybe like three or four. But then her dad, who wasn't a part of um her life kind of showed up around that time. And, you know, she always was eager to try to have that relationship with her dad, but he was like, you know, absent dad, deadbeat dad. So he came around, and she wanted to give the ticket to him. So, and the mother kind of sided with her and said it was her day. So, of course, that pissed the stepdad off. And, and that's where, uh, you know, it kind of got interesting when people were giving feedback because they kind of were saying, well, okay, the stepdad, he could just accept that, you know, she's going to have a party. She should, he, he should let her, his daughter um, let her have the moment and do it with her dad. And other people was like, no, that's, it doesn't work like that. The dad should just come to the party or something after he wasn't a part of her life. So why should, she, why should he share that moment? So it kind so of when you, drew a lot you of feedback. Present- yeah, so when you present those stories, like in social media, um, you're looking for feedback from from other people in terms of what's going on. Do you actually tell them what happened in the end? 
Yeah, um, in the book I kind of you know summarize. I don't want but want you to give it away, but because I want them to. But but to, but in the post that you're doing, do you t- do you tell them what happened or or what? I kind of give like as the discussion goes on, I kind of give them different twists and I add on to it to kind of keep it going because that way. You know, I kind of want them to start, you know, think, to draw conclusions and uh, infer on what they think could happen. And then, you know, eventually I might tell them after, you know, I string the story along for a while, I might tell them this would, um, okay, this would end up happening. So, but they come up with their own kind of ideologies on what they think and based on their experiences. Getting their reactions and their, you know, having them interact, which is which is great. So I work in in a school setting, right? Mm-hmm. And your students, because they come into your office, you see them for counseling, and what what's what's the the direct approach that you talk about? What's the approach that you're using with your students at school? Usually, I'm. Um like more person um centered. I mean the ultimate goal of course, you know, you want to be an effective listener, but I think the one thing is they present the problem and we kinda work together to try to solve it. Well I want them to kinda um come up with their solutions. I kinda help them out. But at the end to kinda get everything back together I have to constantly remind them why are they here? You're in school, you know, for your academics and kind of have to, you know, if it's someone that comes in consistently, maybe have to pull up their grades and um, show them how, what, what's going on, how it may impact their grades. So that's usually when the light bulb goes off for some of them, like, okay, I probably need to get back to class. I'm going back and forth over this pure conflicts and it's not helping me out any in school. And, so and what kind of conflicts? What kind of conflicts do they show up? With? And I don't, you know, I don't necessarily mean conflicts, but oftentimes kids will come in because they want to talk. They have something to work over, and 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 they trust you to do that. What are some of the concerns that those kids are having? One of the biggest things, and we are pretty much know that is the social media um and you know and i work in a middle school setting so at that time in their life friends and, and peer influence is big and you know they're all on social media snapchat snapchat instagram facebook and a lot of conflict is um stirred up based on that because anytime you're in group chats you know Group dynamics is going to be someone who try to has the power and try to persuade others to do this or say that, and a lot of that draws out a lot of issues, uh, especially amongst the young ladies with the social media. Then you know they have other stuff sometimes, things going on at home with their parents or so. What um, solution to that? Being active. Do you a solution? Yeah, since one of the primary things is social media, have you ever run a, a group or whatever for the or or some some program for the kids in school around social media and how or talk yeah. to them about? I mean, how how 
because it, it, sometimes it's beautiful, but it could also be damaging. It could also really be be hurtful, depending upon what's being said to people and how they feel included or excluded in, in like you said, those group conversations. One of the things we do, we do um, have um, guidance um, lessons that we uh, talk to students about social media, cyberbullying, give them an opportunity to kind of, you know, break out in the groups, have discussions and um, things of that nature. And then we do run some smaller groups, maybe for students who are having um, peer-related issues or having a hard time maintaining friendships. So we um, we try to be creative and um, have any groups pretty much based on their needs or we see that as a, a big problem in the school. Is cyberbullying on the rise, do you think? Um, yeah, it's definitely on the rise because, I'm going to be honest, some kids are just cruel in, in their approach, and I think they're, they won't necessarily say it face-to-face, but it's easy to get behind a keyboard or a phone to kind of say different things. And then when I bring them together, it's kind of like, okay, maybe – I shouldn't have said that, or the only reason I said that um, is because of this. And it's a lot of miscommunication, and we know how that is as adults. Sometimes you do text, you may not read it, uh, right, or you may perceive it to mean something else, and it's a lot of misinterpretations with um, conversations on social media. Which is a shame because that's, I mean, that's what people are doing. And like you said, even with texting, I've, I've known in the coaching I do, relationships, even intimate relationships where people know one another, family and friends, and yet those misunderstandings can build up, like you said, David, just because of the tone or a misinterpretation of of what the meaning behind it was or whatever. And, and is there anything that we can do as um parents and 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 adults to to I mean I know what you you said you're doing in school but but is there which is so important but is there anything that you recommend to parents to help with that at home well one of the things um we recommend is random random phone checks I mean because sometimes I think the the um, young people have it twist it and think that okay it's my phone and they're not paying any bills or anything but as a parent you have to kind of hold your own and not go into relationships trying to be best friends and buddy buddy with your with your child you have to have that ability to say you know give me the phone and go through it because some of the things you'll find in there is um interesting um to say the least some of it is scary some of the things that they show me or the language that they're using and you're like wow like it so i i would think that would be the main thing and also and we just had was interesting we just had a big presentation with parents last night about this and one of the parents wanted to know when was a good time to give a, a you know give their child a phone and i you know, I kind of responded with, 
I don't. Um, with, they just need basic stuff. Like if your concern is for them to call you when they're when they get home or get off the bus, or if it's an emergency situation, the problem becomes when they have all this internet, these different apps, and all this different thing. And I think that's where they they have a lot of savvy. And as parents, we don't know what's going on and they have the ability to kind of hide different things and change up past codes and stuff that we're not aware of. So we got to be careful how much we put into their hands because there's a lot out there in the, on the internet and we just pretty much spoon feeding them um, and giving them the ability to use these um, apps and different things that they're not really mature enough to handle yet. So you have this book, and I agree, Cocktail Conversations by the Controversial Controversial Counselor, which is you. What was the impetus, David, for writing the book, and what's the intention for it? Well, I think one of the things is, over the years, I was one who always believed in, you know, having good I'm kind of laid back, kind of quiet, but I believed in having good communication and conversation with people that you trust and believe in. And I also know that a lot of times we learn from each other with that. So I always thought about, you know, some of the different situations. And my meaning when I started posting it was to kind of get people to start talking about different dysfunctions or things that go on. And we have the habit of just dealing with issues with and keeping it in like our small circle of friends and family. And usually you handle the uh, the same situations the same way. But if you have an opportunity to see how other people think, maybe from a different region of the country or maybe a different socioeconomic status, you can actually learn some different strategies. So I wanted to put um, a book out there um, with different scenarios, kind of giving people a a chance to kind of elaborate and give their perspective. But also more important than anything, I think that in society we have a a big issue with communication and just um, conflict resolution. And a lot of times... You know, we talk about, okay, how can we fix things in schools, in our community, and the country level, but we never look at the home level. And that's where things need to start. If you have happy homes and families that communicate and show love and learn from each other and develop growth, then you'll have better communities. And you have a better country, but when we kind of ignore the homes and say, you know, somebody's home life is their business, and people keep everything in, but they're and it's not working. Well, of course, we're going to have chaotic communities and chaotic schools and different things like that. So I just wanted people to kind of talk and let's put some of these issues out in the forefront. Which is important. Why the why the title cocktail conversations? <laughs> well, that that kind of that came from back in the back in the days when we when I was younger, and you know on a Friday, me and my buddies would always kind of joke around and say, "Oh man, 
we got some issues or we need to sit around and we need to have we need to have a drink that um discussed some of the things that were going on and not that even we were doing any drinking like that but it was just something a lot of times that we would um say so that kind of triggered me to say man looking at some of these scenarios that people share with me or I thought about like after listening to that it's almost you would say, man, I need a drink because <laughs> that's just it's just too much overwhelming. So I just named it cocktail conversations. <laughs> what what makes your book so important for people to to take a look at and to read? And do you want adults to kids to read it too? Yeah, you know, high school, middle school, or is it primarily for adults? It's mainly for. I mean. I would, you know, high school, maybe someone like a junior or senior, they may be able to, because some of the content, is, you know, it gets a little deep. It's not that graphic or anything, but it maybe not in the scenarios, but it may be the way other people responded. And I kind of transcribed it and kind of kept it original. As people said, it may have to, I may have changed up a few things, but. So I would say, you know, junior, senior, and then mainly adults. But I think it's important because, and not comparing my book on that level, but when I have conversations with people and they talk about, like, the church sector, and, you know, I recall when you go to church, they bring up scenarios and situations that happen in the Bible, and they wasn't all necessarily good scenarios. But the whole point of it is, when a, I guess a pastor, or preacher, when they're giving their sermon, is trying to help people learn from other people's mistakes, or this is the way it was handled, so you can try to get a personal connection with your life. So I thought, sort of similar to that, like these are more, maybe a more modern day situ. Uh, situations but there's still some of the similar things that were happening back in the days that we have to we have to discuss these and you can learn from other people's mistakes and um to make a better situation for yourself so that's why I look at it as being important because we are we all have issues you know, it's important to create dialogue, which is really what you do with you. You said with your social media and also with your book, because if you're promoting dialogue, like you said, people are talking about issues, they're raising concerns, they're bringing up ideas, there's a learning situation that goes on. And it's so important for people to get a sense, like you said, even from from another vantage point, another social standing or whatever, what people think, how they think, what's 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 important to them, because I believe that that really helps unify us in some way so that we could look at the differences, like you said, and really also not only see the differences and learn to respect them, but also see some of the similarities that are taking place. Why did you go into mm-hmm. counseling in the first place, you know? Was that always something that was a, a drive for you when you were younger, or, or what? Well, one of the things was, I mean, like when I um, was younger, I always thought, of course, like I wanted to be in the business. Um, in high school, I focused on marketing, and, you know, I loved, I loved what I was doing as far as that, but then, you know, one 
bad professor kind of threw my passion away from um, math, which used to be my favorite subject. So then I kind of switched over to social sciences. But to even go back further when I was younger, I was always like that the problem solver or like the calm to the storm that I would help people out with situations. And I went through a lot of pain um, growing up with certain situations as being um, – you know, sexually abused as a child as well as being mentally abused by my father. And that wasn't a good feeling to, you know, live a life full of pain. And as a youngster, I always hated when someone else was going through pain. If it was a kid getting bullied or people were, you know, picking on them, it was them kind of the world against them, I would join their side and help them out and say, you know what, it's going to be better days for you, and I don't care how many on that side, me and you, we we would take on them. And it, and I think that approach always, that was my calling, but I, I just never knew it. And then, you know, it kind of came together when I was at college and I switched my major because I ended up doing peer counseling um, at Niagara University. And then after that, that's kind of been the field that I've been in. But what's interesting so the light bulb went off a little bit more in, in when you were doing that peer counseling because it, I guess it's, I mean, I know from my vantage point it's fulfilling to help people and to listen and to <clears throat> see them get to a better place and and feel good and prosper and whatever. So so I think that's also important in you. So you mentioned you're you mentioned being abused both sexually and mentally. How did you as a, when you were much younger, how did you get past that? Because we have a lot of people today, both men and women who have those kinds of histories and what did you do? How did you heal and mend so that you can give some encouragement and hope to to those people out there? Well, one of the things always stay busy and um, and I stay busy by once I became active like into sports and things like that and trying to say to myself, I, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt anymore I'm you know I don't want to feel this pain a lot of times alone time that's when I would think about bad situations but like during the day and all the stuff no one would ever knew that and I didn't tell nobody for years until I got I think I turned maybe I was maybe like 21 2021 20, like a junior in college and I just always stay busy and motivated and I always wanted to be the best person that I can be, and also a little creativity. I used to like being my own world sometimes and create like different games or situations just for the neighborhood children so that we can always stay busy and have something to do. And and to be honest, that was one of the key things that kind of kept me uh, motivated and going because I knew like if I can touch other people and make them smile and happy that kind of minimized the pain that I was going through you know I think that's so important and and I totally understand that as well so what do you do you work with any kids now and you don't have to really tell us anything much about that that are going through that kind of 
challenge in terms of whether it's their home life or or whatever that that have histories of abuse or whatever that, or or you know could be not necessarily in the home but but to people to kids come to you with that and how do you handle it if um over the years you know it's been some um students who went through mainly mainly the more mental abuse and you know some information I do a little self disclosure and I share some things uh about my past and mainly it's the mental and I might have discussions with them regarding you know about my the way my father treated me and try you know help them kind of develop some strategies or to think that you know it's going to be it's going to be greater days you right now this is the one thing you can control the aspect of school doing well in school and you know some of them went on to um do very well even when I was working at the high school level they went to college and now some of them are doctors nurses and of course the conversations was more in depth but those were some of the things that I just wanted them to focus on to understand that some things you just don't have no control and and let them know a lot of times bad decisions by children usually are caused by a bad decision from an adult that's it usually it stems from that and just those little conversations and them trusting and um they would come to me and they would um you know they would be proud of any accomplishments that they had and it kind of worked because I, I was just being who I was and wasn't really doing being textbook. I was just being genuine and open and kind of, like I said, disclosing things. And we would just have, like, you know, nice free-flowing, um, safe conversations. Which I think is so important because um, not just children, but even adults want to want when they're when they're revealing and disclosing their information or things about themselves. They themselves they want to feel safe. They want to feel that they're being heard and that there's someone there that's that's genuine and expression of that. So I think that that's mm-hmm. that's who you are, which is uh, you know, which, which is an important blessing. What would you like people? We're almost out of time here. What would you like people to get from cocktail conversations by the controversial counselor? Well, again, like you touched on, and like I said, one of the things is. It's dialogue. You can take, you can read this book or have it. It's getting close to the holiday season, and you have family come over, and you read a scenario, and um, it's a great icebreaker, um, great thing to kind of self-reflect and maybe take you down a road or a path that you maybe feel a little uncomfortable with, but it may help you to be able to get things off your chest. And what's interesting, I did, you know, some blog talk shows based on my book, and someone just reached out to me the other day and was like, um, hey, David, are you going to go live on Facebook um, anytime soon? I kind of miss um, you doing that and because you would bring up things that kind of made me think, of, look at myself more differently, and it would help me out. And that was coming from a guy. And, you know, Dr. White, sometimes guys are not reluctant to, let another man know that, you know, this helped me out. 
and right. kind of made me explore different uh, feelings. So that kind of made me like, oh, maybe it's time. I haven't did it in a couple months, so I was thinking maybe it's time to do that again. But I just want people to be able to be open and honest and be able to share and communicate things and, you know, work with your family on different things because sometimes that's all we have. And once you do that and you feel like your family situation is getting better, then you'll be, I think you'll be more productive at work, more productive in the community, but it's holding on to that um, bitterness that kind of keeps us sick and uh, to me is causing a lot of early deaths um, in this day and age. Well, you're right. What happens is when we're holding on to anger and hate and resentment and it it becomes toxic within us mm-hmm. and it can cause a lot of, even like you said, like a lot of physical and, and mental issues and, and concerns. And so it, it's important to heal and to clear and to be able to move past that in whatever way we can. So I think that's so important. David, tell our listeners how they can get a hold of your book, Cocktail Conversations by the Controversial Counselor, and how they can get a hold of you. So you can get a hold of my book. It's on um, Amazon online. It's also on Barnes & Nobles. If you want a signed copy, you can uh, reach out to me on social media. I'm under David Lorenzo Glover. Also, if you put the controversial counselor in there, my information will pop up. I also um, have a web page. You can reach out to me on there. It's under construction, but it's still working, but I'm trying to update it. And that's www.controversialcounselor.com. But um, again, I'm on you know Facebook, um, Instagram under David Glover or um, the Controversial Counselor, LinkedIn, Google Plus, and um, that's pretty much it. Twitter, so those different um, platforms you can reach out to me, and by my web page, and it has my other information on there. Good. Well, thank you so much. It's important that people do have those kinds of direct conversations, meaningful conversations that you actually help people to do through what you're doing, not only with your book, but in working with people and children and their families. And so kudos to you because that open dialogue is so important, like you said, in what we need for today. So have a great day, and thanks for being on Power Your Life. All right, thank you for giving me that platform, and I definitely appreciate you. My pleasure, David. I appreciate you, too. Have a great day. All right, take care. Thanks. So remember, it's so important to take care of who you are and really remember that you have the ability to heal yourself, whatever situation that you're in, And also, I mean, uh, David brought out something that's really important, that oftentimes through social media and texting, we misinterpret what the dialogue is, what the other person's intention is. We may miss the tone out, the tone, or we may miss 
misconstrue what the communication was. So be careful because you want to make sure that that communication with people is as real and as accurate as possible. So remember, we call this show Power Your Life because you need to power your life and you are in control of that. So take some moments today to do something that makes you, that allows you to feel in charge, in control, and empowered. And we're going to shift gears next week, and that is October 24th. And I have Theo Sophia Rose talking about angels. So let's listen to angels. If you missed this show, any part of Cocktail, Contra- Cocktail Conversations by the Controversial Counselor, David Glover. You can find that on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, um, we'll be promoting it all over. If you want to get a hold of me and find out more about me and my programs and my shows and some free blogs and other information, you can go to docwhite.org, D-O-C-W-H-I-T-E.org. And remember, wherever you are, Have a beautiful and blessed day, and take care of you. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.